Welcome to Your Best Riding Life. I'm your host, Linda Goldfarb. It is always a pleasure to be here with you each and every week when I can bring industry experts in to just fill up the gaps and the holes and the spaces that you have in accomplishing your best riding life, whether it's knowing where to start, knowing where to stop, knowing is this really what God wants me to do? I have an amazing guest today, and we are just going to be kind of having a conversation across the table. We are going to be discussing what life is like as a writer and that there really is no cookie-cutter way of getting into the writing industry. I've heard someone say many, many times, just write. And I've heard others say, well, you've got to plan. Without a plan, you're not going to succeed. But have you ever experienced a time, a moment, where God did things that there was no way you could expect that he would have pulled that out of his proverbial hat because God is that God and he is amazing. And what I love about him is he doesn't say, go get all prepared, then I'll work with you. What he says is you come just as you are and this journey is going to be fabulous. You're going to enjoy my guest today. Her name is Michelle Cox. And for many of you, that may be a very familiar name for a lot of different reasons. But I will tell you that uh, Michelle is a wife. She's a mother, a mama, and she's also a grandmother. And that's one of the things that we have in common. We do believe that those really are our top callings. They're our top callings. We may write, we may make tents. There's a lot of things that we could do out there, but our life is who we are connected with relationally. And of course, our relationship with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Thank you, Father, for this opportunity. Today, Michelle and I are just going to kind of talk to you like we're having a cup of tea or a cup of coffee in, in your room. Maybe we're in your your earbuds as you're jogging, and uh, you're going to have some chuckles. So just keep your eyes uh, on, the, on the path ahead of you. And for those of you that are saying, what, what kind of meat am I going to get out of this? Let me tell you what it's going to be. It's going to be like you're having the opportunity to sit across from someone and just say, just, can you, can you just fill me up with stuff? Because I'm not really quite sure which is the best route or, or what is God doing? And there's times it's not about the craft. It's about just seeing where God has us and what we're willing to allow him to do in our lives. And even some of those things that make us uncomfortable because the writing life is not a comfortable life, but it is certainly a life of adventure. So without further ado, I'm going to welcome my wonderful guest and friend, Michelle Cox. Michelle, it is so good to have you here. Oh, it's so good to be with you and to see you in person. It's great. This is fabulous for me because normally I'm talking to someone who is across the the, you know, the, the, the universe nearly, but out in cyberspace. So being able to sit across from you and look at your gorgeous smile and your just bright, beautiful eyes, just thank you so much for taking time out of your day and spending it with me for a few moments and also with our writers that are waiting with bated breath as to how can Michelle fill us up today. So we've got quite a few things that we can discuss. 
how would you describe yourself as a writer? Or is there something unique about how you got into writing? I never intended to write. I was deep into politics, had spent about 10 years in politics, was chair of the eighth largest county in North Carolina, loved it, had no intentions of doing anything else, and my oldest son was getting married. And so I wanted to do a special gift for his bride, and I invited our family and friends to send their favorite tried-and-tested recipes, and then I wrote little stories about all of them so that the two of them could get to know the opposite sides of the family. And then I wrote letters to my future daughter-in-law and to my son. And I didn't plan to sell them, but when I took the first copy to the bridal shower, I had orders for 100 that night. And I said, I don't have books. And they said, well, you're going to have to get some. And so God kept working on my heart after that. My pastor called and he said, you need to do something with your writing. And I thought that was hilarious. So I laughed at him and he said, no, I'm serious. And I said, I am too. But God kept nudging my heart until finally one day I got down on my knees and I said, okay, God, if that's what you want me to do, I'll do it. But we might have one small problem. Have you happened to notice that I can't write? (laughs) And then I heard that still small voice say, that's okay. I can. You just be willing and I'll take care of the rest. Mm. And these last years have been the most amazing journey of how God has taken care of the rest and brought people into my life who mentored me and taught me what I needed to know people who helped with grammar as I started out in my career, and just so many things that we could spend a a couple of months sitting here with me telling about how good God's been and how he doesn't just call us. He equips us with everything that we need for the journey. He absolutely does. I know we were speaking a few minutes before uh, coming or going live here and talking about that, you know, God, God really doesn't, Expect, expect us to have everything all together. He expects us or he would love for us to be obedient to him and just to step out and say, okay, use me up. How do you want to, how do you want to do that? Well, and sometimes it helps too to be too dumb to know you can't do stuff until after you've already done it. And that's worked brilliantly for me with my career. I love it. I love it. How'd you get to that? I was just too dumb to know that I shouldn't or couldn't. So yeah, I, I love it. All right. Now, I know that you have a blog and uh, talk to us a little bit about just 18 summers, because it certainly does fall in line with you as a mama and as a grandmama and your passion for relationships and for raising children and and equipping families and parents and mamas. So tell us a little bit about that. I grew up in a really messed up home. My mother had some mental illness problems, and home was not a good place to be. Mm. And my husband grew up in a home with a violent, alcoholic father. Mm. And so when we got married, we determined we were going to love each other. We were going to put the Lord first, and we were going to work hard at our marriage. And with God's help, our children would never go to bed at night afraid because of us. And God was so gracious to help us along the way with that. So my boys grew up. Um, God has allowed two of them to go into ministry, and my third son teaches at Gulf Coast State College in Florida. But it's 
it was a journey for us learning how to be good parents because we didn't have the role model of what we needed to do to be the parents that we wanted to be. And so we prayed and said, God, send us somebody that will help us. And he did. And we watched people whose children were turning out well and went to them and said, what do we need to do? And so that's always been a passion of mine is to help other families, particularly those who didn't have good role models growing up, to be able to raise their children for the Lord. And when my son was getting married, my youngest son, I was back in the back room counting the offering. We had the TV on with the church service, and our pastor had dedicated a baby that Sunday. And as the parents turned to leave the platform, he said, don't forget, you have just 18 summers. And wow, did that hit home with me. You know, 18 years sounds like a long time, but when you break it down into 18 summers, you realize it's nothing. And a lot of times when I do speaking engagements on that, I'll bring three jars with me with 18 stones in each one. And I'll find parents from the crowd, and I'll get one that has maybe a two-year-old, maybe one that has a 12-year-old, and one that has a 16-year-old. And I'll say, okay, I want you to take a stone out for every summer that's already gone from your childhood being with you until they get ready to leave for college. And they start taking the stones out, and I've never done it that they weren't crying by the end of it. Because it really brings home, it's already gone. The time is speeding past. And so um, I usually have the one who has a 16-year-old turn to the one who has a 2-year-old and say, I'll say, how fast did it go by to get to this point where you just have two summers left? And through tears, they'll say, I blinked. Mm. And so... It's not something to make parents feel guilty. It's not something to make them sad. It's a wake-up call. God's given you this child for this precious season. Mm. Don't waste the moments. And so as I was speaking, so many parents came up to me, and particularly dads with tears in their eyes saying, we want to be good parents, but we don't know what to do. Will you help us? Mm. And so that's where the blog came about. I have a staff of writers who write for me regularly. And we equip, we inspire, and we help parents with the tools they need to raise their children for the Lord. And then I also did a novel, Just 18 Summers, uh, that released with Tyndale. But just an encouragement for parents, you have this precious gift. Don't miss it. And what I'm going to share with our writers, please understand, the, the, this is life. This is life that you're hearing about. The life also became a talk. It also became a book. So you're experiencing life right now. Have your ears open. God will position you so that you will hear something that will catapult you into exactly what he wants you to do. This was not something that Michelle was looking for. This isn't something that she was like, ooh, I just need some some type of uh, uh, topic, or I need something that's really going to motivate me. What she did was she did life. She lived the way that she was living. Her and her husband made a decision together that they were going to raise their children a certain way. 
And then having that openness and having that willingness to follow God's lead, she's listening to the sermon and she hears a word from a pastor. That's how my first book came about, actually. I was here at the Blue Ridge Conference at the beginning of my career. And during the devotional session, one of the speakers was giving the devotion. And just as an aside, she mentioned that her Bible study group was studying the story of the five loaves and two fish. Hmm. And she said, one of the mothers asked the question, wonder where the mama was. And I had never thought about that before, but it was like a kaleidoscope going around in my head the whole way home from the conference. And the thought came to me, because you know, so many times as a mom, we think what we do is we change diapers or do dishes isn't important. But because a mother packed a lunch with five loaves and two fish, her child was part of a miracle. Mm -hmm. And God can do amazing things with our daily efforts with our children. And so that led to my first book with the stories of eight Bible moms paired with the lives of eight contemporary moms where I tied them together to show how those women so long ago are relevant in our lives as women today. And they were mothers who made a difference. What's the name of the book? Mothers Who Made a Difference. I mean, how basic can we get here? This is this is what we're looking at. And if you are considering what the Lord is having you write, the story that he's having you share, just have your have your heart open. Be listening. Be prepared. He will give you what you need. He does. Because he's already got it. He's already got it done. He's already got it planned out there. All right, so I've got another question for you because there's so much here. So what I want to know is I want to know the the correlation between yourself and Brian Bird and pizza. So you're <laughs> going to have to share a little bit about who Brian Bird is. I would expect that everyone would know who he is. But um, once once you share that, they'll get it and they'll go, ah, but just for me knowing Brian Bird, Michelle Cox, and pizza, how does that work together? So give us give us this story. Brian Bird is a legend in Hollywood. He was the producer for The Case for Christ. He's done many movies. Uh, if there's any Hardys in the house, he and Michael Landon Jr. have done When Calls the Heart, which has been the number one show on Hallmark. And um, I met Brian about eight years ago at the Gideon Media Arts Conference and Film Festival, a conference I only went to to help my friend, the director with faculty transportation, but God had other plans. And so I'd met Brian, we had chit-chatted through the years, and we were here at Blue Ridge several years ago, both on faculty. And... We sneak out every once in a while, one evening during the week, for faculty members just to have some time to be together. And on this night, there were probably about 20 of us that went into town for pizza. And it just so happened that I ended up sitting next to Brian Bird. And my granddaughter had sent a message for me. She was eight at the time. She loved When Calls the Heart. And so I told Brian, I said, I have a message for you for my granddaughter. She said she loves it when Elizabeth and Jack kiss, and she wanted to know if you could make that happen more often. <laughs> so we started talking about the show because I was a fan, had watched it from the beginning. 
And he said, you know, I've always wanted to do a devotional book based on the show. He said, but I know there's no time to get one. It's time for the start of the new season because this was like May 23rd. And the season started in February, which is, you know, kind of an unheard timeline for a book. And I said, I think I know one publisher that could do that. And he said, really? And so we talked, and he had never done, you know, a book like that before. And so by the end of the evening, it just made so much sense for the two of us to to work together on it. So I came home, I emailed my publisher and said, hey, would you possibly be interested in this? Five minutes later, got an email that said, yes, we'll do it. And we had our first conference call the next morning. So that was May 23rd, but they would need the book by July. Well, Brian had the case for Christ releasing. I had just finished two books in five, no, seven, two books in seven weeks yeah. at the week before the conference. And we both had multiple conferences that we had to do between May 23rd and July. We had to get permissions from Brian's business partners, from Crown Media, from Hallmark. We had to get permission to use photos. And we got that book done. In fact, when we got back that night, I ran into my agent and I told Steve about it. And he said, well, there's no way you'll get a publisher that could do it that fast. I said, I think I know somebody. He said, well, even if you get the contract, there's no way you can get the book done that quickly. I said, Steve, if we get the contract, we'll get the book done. So I reminded him of that the next year <laughs> and enjoyed laughing with him about that. But we got that one done. And then a couple months later, we had the second one finished, which is When God Calls the Heart at Christmas. And then we went on to do When God Calls the Heart. What was the third one? When God Calls the Heart to Love. It's been amazing how God's used those. We have literally fans from around the world for the Hardys, and they are their Star Trek fan on steroids. And <laughs> seriously, they love the show. They love the characters. They love the values that the show is based on mm -hmm. and the fact that the entire family can watch together. Absolutely. And so if you haven't seen any of it, the first I think six seasons are available on Netflix, and it's a great show for the family. But it's been fun to hear the stories that have come back. One lady wrote and told us that she had chemo every week, mm. and she had bought copies for all of the people in her chemo group, mm. and every week they were having devotions together. Uh, another one wrote to tell us that they had been in a hotel where people had taken refuge where the people had been flooded from their homes. And while she was delivering supplies that day, she heard the theme music from the show, so she went to investigate. And the parents told her that uh, the teens and the children had been so bored that they went out to try and find anything they could to keep them busy, and they had never seen the show, so they bought DVDs, and on impulse, they bought a copy of the devotional book. Well, later that afternoon, the Hardy went back through the lobby and found where the teens were having an impromptu devotional session. Mm -hmm. And she said, the parents looked so bewildered. And she said, what's wrong? And they said, well, you don't understand. These kids have never been to a church before. Mm -hmm. They've never opened a Bible. Mm -hmm. And six weeks later, I got another message from that Hardy who said, I just learned they went to church today for the very first time, and weeks later they were still going. Mm. 
And so that's the power of what we write. But the story doesn't end there. A couple of months ago, I got a late night private message from one of the Hardys. And she said, I have an odd question for you. And I said, well, I'm the queen of odd. Ask away. (laughs) And she said, where did you learn to pray so well? I never learned how to pray. Mm. And I, a couple of weeks earlier, had started to bed. and, And it was like God said, so many people are hurting. Just go back and write a prayer for them. She had read that prayer and for two weeks had mulled over it. And I told her, I said, you know, I just talked to my best friend. And we chatted for probably an hour or more. This lady from Canada, who was Jewish, and I got to lead her to Jesus that night Mm -hmm. because she had read our book and started following me on Facebook. Those are the kind of doors that God opens for us to be able to minister to people. We had people around the world who were agnostics and atheists reading the books because they were tied to a TV show. And so it's been amazing to see the doors that God's opened because of pizza. Because of pizza. And the other thing, and and I hope that, that you keyed into this, everybody, the reason Michelle was where she was in the first place is because she was going to go to the conference to help with transportation, choosing the servant's heart, choosing to serve. The Lord will elevate us in his time to wherever it is that he wants us to go. I truly believe that the moment, and this has happened in my life as well, Michelle, I see God work so much more when what I do is not about me. It's not about me. It's what can I do for someone else? How can God work through me to help someone else? And those are the times going to conferences, going to conferences and, well, I'm not really there to pitch anything, but God, how can you use me? And I would have people that would stop me in the hall and go, oh, it's just, I'm just having a hard day. And I go, well, do you mind if I pray, pray with you? And I would pray with them. And then I'd get an email, I'd get something, even, you know, the next year, I I received something um, prior to even this year's conference, and it was from a young woman that I had, we had just happened to talk to each other in the hall, and God just really placed something on my heart to pray over her and to pray with her with, and she said, it has changed the direction of where I was going. And that's not about us. It's about us being willing to serve however God wants us to be. And then out of it, he goes, and guess what? I'm going to give you a book. And and guess what? Well, how about three or four? And then we're going to have movies. And we're going to have all of this, which was not the intent when you first stepped out and said, how can I help? How can I help? I know this is different than a lot of the other interviews that we've had on because we've taught craft and we do talk about your soul care and your self care as writers. But this is an element that we cannot miss the element of Lord, use me. How can I be who you want me to be in my every day? That's what we're doing here, Michelle. We're just talking back and forth well, you about see, your every day. The launch of my career came about because of a rejection. Because I came to the first conference 
totally green. I would have made the Incredible Hulk look anemic. <laughs> and I had an editor here at the conference invite me to send an article for his publication. And it was rejected. And I said, see, God, I told you I couldn't write. And I quit for a year. Mm -hmm. And finally, I got down on my knees one day and I said, okay, God, I get it. You didn't call me to be successful. You called me to be faithful. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to write for you if I never sell anything. You put it on my heart and I'll write it. And that's when things started to happen. I got an email the next week from another editor at Focus on the Family who said, I read what you sent Jesse. I'm the editor of three publications. Would you be interested in writing for me? And she brought three articles that day. I went on to write 20-something a year from her and became her go-to person when people didn't turn their work in or it wasn't up to speed. And that's how my career started. And God's been so faithful. I promised him that if he would open doors, that I'd have my running shoes on and I'd be ready to run through them. And I look back at the doors that he's opened, and it just boggles my mind and humbles me so much to think mm -hmm. that he's allowed me to be on this journey that I've been on with him. But it's so clear that it's God instead of me, and I love it that way because that way I can't take any of the credit. Well, we don't take the credit. We don't have the pressure. Because it's like, well, whatever God's going to do with it, he's going to do with it. And so we'll be okay with it. This is fabulous. And it's, and it's real. I think that's what I really, it's not everything I love about you. <laughs> it's one of the things you are so genuine. You, I, I love that you're part of the hearties because when you sit down with someone, Michelle, you touch their heart and it is a gift. And I thank you for that. Because it's all in, him, though. It, it is, is all him. It's all him. But but you're willing to, to be used that way. So that's fabulous. And I thank you for that. Well, I told him I wasn't much and I didn't have much to give him, but I gave him me and he could do whatever he wanted mm -hmm. with that. And so it's been a cool journey. And some weeks I get to the end of the week and I go, that was a fun week, God. What are we going to do next week? And it's it. been just an amazing journey the whole way. Now, all of it hasn't been easy, mm -hmm. you know, and I don't mm -hmm. want mm -hmm. people to come away with that idea that it's all just been dumped in my lap. Mm -hmm. I've worked hard to learn the crap, to make the connections, to do the things like that that need to be done. But I've also tried to be so sensitive to God's leading and where he wants me to go. And probably for the last six years, he sent the work to me, mm -hmm. and I love that because that way I'm assured that I'm working on the projects that he has for me. Those are the projects that we want, the ones that he sends to us, the ones that he says, I, this is by design. This is why you've lived the life that you've lived. This is why you've experienced what you've experienced, because I have a message that can only come from you. And those, I know there's writers out there right now that are going, yes, that's, that's, that's what I have burning in me is I have that. And I, and I trust, and I believe that this is what God wants me to write. You touched on what is important or one of the important aspects of writing. You know, a lot of your overnight successes probably took like 30 some odd years to become <laughs> that overnight success. And Michelle, you touched on, you learned the craft. You invested 
in that. So give us a little, little bit of if people that are just starting out and they're like, where is my best investment? Or how do I know where I should, you know, spend my money or what type of conferences or what type of books or anything like that? I'd, I'd just like for you to feed into that for a moment. I started with conferences, mm -hmm. and it was a wonderful training ground for me. And I told God, I said, if you want me to keep going after the first one, I need you to supply a way for me to get there. And so after the first one that I paid for, I never paid for another conference. Mm. Um, God opened the door for me to be the administrative assistant to the conference. I took care of that for here at Blue Ridge and helped Yvonne with a lot of the detail work, and I didn't have to pay to come. Mm. And then I heard about Jerry B. Jenkins' conference at the Cove. And I really wanted to go to that, but I had just paid for the first conference. And I'm like, God, if you want me to go, you work it out. And then it dawned on me, I hadn't heard any publicity about it. And I had connections from the media for my years in politics. And so I called their office and said, would you be interested in me coming to the conference um, for you getting publicity free? And they said, absolutely. So that year I got the conference free. After that, I got everything free, and they'd fly me out to Colorado, and I'd do the opening sessions for them. And so then the Gideon Media Arts Conference came around, and I didn't even plan to come that first year. But Lori, I, I called her and I said, if you need help with anything, just let me know. And so many of the things that have happened in my career these past years have happened and started their roots at that conference I only came to to do faculty transportation. And yet every aspect of our lives, God has a plan for us. And every detail is so carefully mapped out for what he has for us mm -hmm. to do. And none of our life experience goes to waste. God can use every bit of it if we'll let him. Every, every ounce, every bit. I want you to share... We'll be wrapping up here in a few minutes. You have an experience, and I'll, and I'll say movie experience or moving experience with Jen Gotston Chandler. Jen's another one that I yes. met at that conference I only went to to do <laughs> faculty transportation. She's a wonderful actress, been in a lot of Christian films and some that weren't, and she's the executive producer of a movie that came out in November titled The Farmer and the Bell Saving Santa Land. And it has a wonderful message that our true beauty is found in God mm -hmm. and designed and planned by him. And so Jen was at National Religious Broadcasters one year when I was there, and her roommate left early. She didn't have a car. And she couldn't get anywhere else to stay. And I said, I've got an extra bed in my room. Just come. You know, I've paid for the room. Just come and stay. A couple of weeks later, I got a call from Jen. And she goes, I want you to write the devotional book to go with the movie with me. So that's how that one came about. And it's called Divine Beauty. Mm -hmm. And Jen's been on QVC with the bracelet that goes with that, that each of the charms has a Bible verse and a virtue of you're beautiful, you are valuable, things that so many young women and young girls need and old girls need to remember 
that sometimes when they look in the mirror and not see beauty, but God looks at us and he sees beauty. Amen. We need to remember that and for our self-value and our self-worth in him, that he has made us beautiful. Mm. He has made us beautiful. He has beauty from, from the inside out. And that is a heartbeat message for me, being able to speak into young women, their value, they're precious, they're wonderfully made. And even speaking that into our young men. Absolutely. And letting them know that uh, by design, you are created with value and that God is by no means finished with us. I guess when he's finished with our work here, then we get to go home and be with him. So we still have lots of stuff to accomplish. You've got something that's also going to be coming up with uh, Todd Starnes. Tell us about that. Yeah, uh, for those of you that don't know Todd, he uh, had a show called Starnes Country on Fox Nation. He was with Fox for many years and had syndic- has a syndicated radio program. Um, he's gone out on his own now with Starnes Media Group and KWAM Radio and all over the country, you folks can hear him. So we have done a book together called Our Daily Biscuit Devotions with a Draw. And it features Southern stories that some are hilarious, some are very poignant. And then we find the spiritual application that goes with those that will touch people's hearts, add some questions in for reflection. And we even added in a few of those wonderful recipes from the fine southern cooks and some of you may be going well i'm not a southerner and that's fine we'll make you an honorary southerner (laughs) bless your hearts (laughs) bless your hearts this has been fabulous this has been just so much fun for me thank you thank you thank you for taking time out of your day to come and spend here with us on your best writing life and if you have a word that you'd love to share with our writers as we're closing off i invite you to do that Just remember that sometimes the most successful writers aren't the best writers. They're the most persistent ones. And if God has called you to a task, then unless he uncalls you, you need to be faithful to the task he's given you. If the rejections come, you keep writing. Because somewhere God has somebody who needs to hear the message that you're the only one that can write that message because of what you've lived through in your life. And if you don't do it, then lives are going to be untouched with the message that God had for them. Mm. Thank you. Thank you so much. Michelle, it's been an honor. It's been a pleasure to have you here. Always a joy to hang out with you, my friend. (laughs) Thank you. And with all of you that are out there, thank you so much for being intentional, listening to your best writing life and If you are enjoying what you're hearing, maybe you're receiving something that you didn't expect, but you're like, you know what? This is exactly what I needed today. I'm going to invite you, if you would, please. We love to be rated. We love to be reviewed. A word from you is important because the words that you share when you write your review holds as much importance as the words that you write in your books and your blog posts and your articles. We value you. You are precious. And you are part of our family here on Your Best Writing Life. Thank you so much for being here with us. I look forward to being with you each and every week right here. So I'll see you next time on Your Best Writing Life.